Hello people, I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Today we're going to talk about nutrition for combat sports, GAA, football, CrossFit and any type of athlete that is involved in a mixture of endurance training and strength and power training. So this is for you guys that do a mixture of everything and your requirements in your sport are not just exclusively endurance based like marathon running or exclusively strength based like powerlifting or something like that you are going to be incorporating a lot of the different energy systems and, and different skill sets that are required to compete in your sport so this is for all of you guys that do the mixed sports as, as i would call it now i'm going to break this video down into three sections so we're going to talk about your daily and weekly energy demands so what your calories should generally look like then I'm going to talk about the, and, and in, encompassed within that, I'm going to talk about how your diet should be structured overall to make sure that you're getting the most out of your food and obviously the most out of your performance. Then we're going to talk about your peri-workout nutrition. So this is basically what you should be eating around your workouts before your training sessions, after your training sessions for optimal performance and optimal recovery. And then I'm going to finish off with supplementation. And Hopefully by the end of this, you will have a much clearer idea of how to structure your nutrition for the best results. But I won't be going into specifics because it can be difficult to get specific with each person as some of you may want fat loss, some of you may want muscle gain, some of you may just want to maintain things where they are and obviously you will all have different energy demands. But I will be giving you some little threads to pull on and by the end of this you'll have more things to go and test out, experiment and explore and then if you want any further help I, I am going to be here for that as well and, you, and you, can, you can message me from there. So I'll start with your energy demands and how to get an idea of, of your calories because your energy demands will be based on how much training you're doing as well as the type slash intensity of that training. So if you are doing a lot of training and if that training is particularly intense, you're going to need more energy. But let's say you're in a particular training cycle or part of the season that does not require you to do as much intense training or maybe the training changes from very cardio based, very endurance based, more towards strength hypertrophy muscle building end of things. So that would change your general energy demands and your general calorie intake. But I think we can make a, a, a good estimation based on the type of athlete that I'm talking about here. So the mixed sport athlete that you'll probably burn somewhere between 30 and 50 calories per kilogram of body weight since you are using the different energy systems. So you're, you're not just in the strength category, you're also in the endurance category and your sport requires both of those things. So here is a template that you can go off and play with potentially uh, and see where it takes you. So a rest day might have you at 30 calories per kilogram of body weight burning energy. A medium day training potentially where you're doing not a lot of cardio or maybe not anything particularly high intensity but still getting getting a sweat going and maybe you're you're working up towards that 90 minute mark that would be between 35 and 40 calories per kilogram and then if you had a very heavy intensity of training or if you are training for any longer than 90 minutes or if you are training twice in that day 
then you would push it towards that 50 calories per kilogram of body weight and that is where you would start to really need to ramp up the calories but again this is going to be contingent on you you and your individual cycle that you're in the the season potentially and the intensity or the type of training that you're doing if you were to go anywhere beyond the two hours i'd probably add an extra five calories per kilogram for each hour as well so that's another thing that you should consider whenever we're talking about getting an idea of your energy demands and this requires a bit of trial and error but you'll be able to figure out where if if you're on the right track with your calorie intake and your energy demands if you if you maintain a certain level of calories for a number of weeks and monitor changes in your body weight so if you're losing weight you're under eating if you're gaining weight you're overeating and maintenance is obviously maintenance your your body weight is maintaining you're essentially at energy balance and nothing is happening you're essentially burning the same amount as you're consuming through food so this is going to be entirely up to you some of you may want to be losing weight because of a weight category or just general improvements in body composition fat loss some of you may want to be overeating because it's the off season and you need to gain some muscle so this is again where i can't make specific recommendations but i can point you in the right direction and then you can play with this yourself so it, it requires some trial and error it requires you to go off and play around with the, the amount of energy that you're consuming and then monitoring the changes in your body weight over a number of weeks in terms of tracking your calories you can use an app like my fitness pal or chronometer or some of these apps that allows you to track your nutrition you could also get a nutritionist to draw up an example meal plan or a template of what should be say a 3000 calorie day as an example you could go to eatthismuch.com to get an idea of what a specific amount of food looks like in relation to the calories but again i find that to be it's a bit random and sometimes it, it doesn't give you the full picture of the numbers inside food so i do think that optimally you would have a nutritionist doing this with you or some kind of coach and you would combine that with a tracking tool like my fitness pal so that you can gain an awareness of the numbers inside your food because i think if you are anyway serious about your nutrition and its effects on your performance you are going to need to get some idea of what 3000 calories looks like or 3500 or whatever your energy needs are and how that actually relates to an, a, a full day of food or a full week of food because i think that's going to be important for your general awareness of, of your nutrition and then it's going to be important for you if you need to manipulate your body composition through fat loss or muscle gain as you move through the different training cycles so once you've got a general idea of your calories now we can talk about the macros we're going to start with protein which is my favorite one so for sports like ga or brazilian jiu-jitsu boxing crossfit you're probably better off going towards the higher end of your protein as you can require a little bit more muscle mass and there will be more muscle damage created through the different types of training that you're doing so again we're going to go for the per kilograms grams per kilograms here so shoot for 2 to 2.3 grams per kilograms of uh, protein but you could probably go as low as 1.6 grams per kilograms especially if you were in a calorie surplus so if you were the type of person that preferred to have lower protein because that then maybe opens you up to have higher carbs and fats and you feel like 
you can optimally recover from a lower protein end of things then you could do that but my general recommend recommendation for optimal recovery and especially if you're in a fat loss phase and you, you you want to reduce body fat and you want to keep yourself full then 2 to 2.3 grams per kilogram protein is is where i would focus my attention now you want to try and get the leaner sources of protein in like your chicken your turkey your egg whites ham low-fat dairy as i prefer to see athletes get more of their fat from plant sources than from animal sources that are that are higher in saturated fat and that's not to say never have pork and beef and whole eggs and salmon because although salmon doesn't uh, has higher amounts of, of polyunsaturated fats but don't be worried about never don't say to yourself oh i can never have any saturated fats because those foods that I described there, especially things like whole eggs, should be included as part of a balanced diet and have beneficial nutrients in them as well. So your iron and your zinc is obviously going to come from your beef and your, your B vitamins as well. And then whole eggs have lots of beneficial nutrients. Again, the B vitamins, choline, um, and, and, and lots. If you actually look at the, the nutrition inside of an egg yolk, it's, it's pretty damn good. So don't neglect those either. But maybe shoot more towards the leaner sources of protein most of the time and then try and get your fat then from plant sources but we'll, and, and fish but we'll talk about that in a moment so i would split your protein between three to five servings per day and then around your your training sessions but again we'll talk about that in a moment and that is to make sure that you're optimally stimulating muscle protein synthesis and you're giving the body the best chance possible to recover from your training and get those training adaptations from a muscular hypertrophy end of things but also from a strength end of things as well once you've got a general idea of how much protein should be in your diet we can talk about fat so fat is an essential nutrient for health and it is heavily involved in cardio or aerobic exercise but it is important not to overdo it with fat in the diet especially as a mixed sport athlete because you want to leave plenty of room for carbohydrates as that is going to be your predominant fuel source but you still are going to use fat and we need to make sure that we're getting enough fat in our diet for general health and hormonal health in particular as well so i shoot for between 1 and 1.7 grams of fat per kilogram of body weight and this still leaves room for lots of carbs but it gives you a bit of flexibility in the types of foods that you want to eat so as i said as i said earlier you can still have your beef and your pork and some of the fattier cuts of meat but it also allows you to have different varieties of foods in there and with fat i like to have a, a 10 10 10 split so 10 percent saturated fat 10% monounsaturated fat and 10% polyunsaturated fat. Now, what this means basically is the saturated fat comes mostly from animal products, the monos come from foods like avocados and nuts, and then the polys come from some vegetable oils and from fish. So it's essentially just how, how can you get a variety of these different fats in your diet? Go for that 10, 10, 10, where you're getting some from saturated fat, like your, your meat some from monos like your nuts and your avocados and then some from your polys which is uh, your olive oils your vegetable oils and your and your salmon and your fatty fish so a strategy that some of you find might find useful is to have more fat and less carbs in your rest days and this is going to be particularly important if you're cycling your energy demands between training days and rest days because you may find that keeping your energy and your calorie intake consistent throughout the week is an effective strategy but if you're trying to keep an eye on your body weight and manage your calories so that you don't see any 
sharp increases here and there. You might want to increase calories on particularly hard training days and reduce calories on those rest days. And another a, way, a simple way of doing that is to just say, I will reduce my carbs and increase my fat slightly on, on rest days. But again, what matters most is the total energy content of your diet, not actually how much carbs and fats is um, is in your diet. Because at the end of the day, the macros, the protein, carbs, and fats will influence your total energy at the end of the day. And that is an important consideration to make also. So we'll talk about carbohydrates next. And as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about fats, you want to make sure that you leave plenty of room in your diet for carbs. That's going to be your primary source of fuel for the type of training and competitions that you're going to be doing. So I like to keep protein and fat generally static, but you can change fats slightly and add in more carbs or reduce carbs depending on on, on what you prefer on, on, on that particular day, as I mentioned, if you want to cycle between training days and rest days. So you want to be getting around five to six grams of carbohydrates per kilo, although you might want to go higher if your energy demands need that. If you're if you are, if you are on a lot of calories, if you're a large individual doing a lot of higher intensity work, you might need more. And then the opposite for a small individual, maybe on less intense training program. But generally speaking, that is a good recommendation. But you might want to play around with that. And again, another note to make, if you want to lose fat or if you want to lose weight overall, you'll want to be reducing that. If you want to gain weight, you should be increasing that as well. So carbs is kind of the variable that you can scale up and down depending on how much energy is required and how much you want to manipulate your body composition. Fats and proteins generally stay around the same, although you can do the same thing with fats. But with carbs, that's where you can really start to play around with the amount that you're consuming, and that will have a direct effect on overall energy, performance, and then body composition as well. So your main sources of carbs are going to be your bread, your wraps, oats, cereal, spuds, root vegetables, rice, pasta, fruit, and you'll also get some trace amounts of carbohydrates from your dairy products like your yogurts, and then some things like nuts. Cashews are actually quite high in carbohydrates, as an example. So that's kind of where you want to eat most of your carbs. But again, if you want to include the odd little bit of junk food here and there, you can do that. And this is kind of where you want to focus on the 80-20 principle of your diet. So 80% whole foods, your vegetables, your fruits, your lean proteins, your whole grains, your nuts, seeds, healthy fats, all those types of things. And then 20% fun foods, whatever kind of treat foods that you like. Although, if you are trying to get very lean or if you're trying to make a weight class, that is going to be really pushed down towards the the 90 to 100% whole foods because there will be less room for treat foods there. But overall, you want to make sure that you are eating the whole unprocessed foods as much as possible. But again, you can integrate some treat foods and junk foods and alcohol and all these different types of things into your diet. And in one way, I mentioned that if you're trying to make weight or if you're at the deepest end of a fat loss phase, you want to restrict trade foods. For those of you that have a small appetite but need to gain weight, there could be a case to be made for going towards 70, 30 maybe, if including a little bit more junk food helps you get the calories in to help you gain the weight 
that you need for your particular sport but this should never come at the expense of overall health and nutrition so as long as you can maintain 80 20 as a general rule you're going to be fine and you're going to be getting most of the nutrients that you need and that is going to promote optimal health and optimal performance next we'll move on to your peri-workout nutrition or how to structure your nutrition around your training slash competition so your pre-workout meal can be anywhere between one and three maybe even four hours before your training session or your competition and this should be composed mostly of carbs and protein so the closer you are to your training session and also the more intense that training session is the more you want to avoid high fiber high fat meals because they are a little bit more difficult to digest and you don't want to have that sensation of a rock in your stomach when you're trying to do a heavy intense session that's the worst the worst thing that you could probably experience and you know nobody likes that sensation of having a stitch so you want to make sure that you're getting the carbs and the protein and you also want to make sure that you're well hydrated so if you are training in heat if you are a sweaty person or again if the, if the, if the training session is particularly long you want to make sure that you're constantly hydrating throughout the day and don't be just hydrating with water water in itself is actually not that good at hydrating you you want to make sure that you're getting some form of electrolytes in there so you can use milk is a good example of of, an, of a drink that's good at hydrating you a sports drink as well um, is going to be helpful there or if you want just something very simple which is what I use myself before my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu sessions that is just some Maiwade and some low salt into it so low salt is basically 50% or 66% potassium and 33% slash 50% sodium and sodium and potassium are the main electrolytes that you that you want them to be focused on although there are other ones like magnesium and calcium that we'll talk about later whenever we're talking about uh, supplementation so if you're training early and you don't want to have a full stomach for training then that would require you to have a big meal the night before and you want to make sure that that has a lot of carbs in it and potentially some slower digesting protein like casein casein protein powder cottage cheese or greek yogurt and this essentially means that you're going to have some circulating amino acids in your bloodstream for for your recovery and and reducing muscle protein breakdown increasing muscle protein synthesis and then from the carbohydrate end of things you are essentially moving your pre-workout meal pre-training meal that you would normally have to the night before so this is for those of you that don't want to eat when you wake up you have an early training session or if you don't want to have a full stomach whenever you are training so you think about fueling the night before instead of the morning of and that will mean that your glycogen stores which is your body's store of carbohydrates to use for your training will be nicely topped up and ready to rock for the morning time so once you have that pre-workout meal sorted either the night before or one to three hours before your training then you might want to add a little bit extra if it is a particularly intense session or if you just feel like I need a little bit more of a boost and this can be some fast fast digesting carbs like a couple of pieces of fruit or a bowl of cereal or even a sports drink or a a, a flavored milk as an example as well and this is just to get a little bit of extra glucose into your bloodstream before your training session now some people find that if they have a high carb meal or too much sugary high carb food 
right before their training session, they experience a bit of a crash. Or you might experience a sugar crash if you ever have a lot of sweets in one go. And this is, this is due to something called reactive hypoglycemia, where essentially there's a large spike in insulin due to the increase in carbs in your system. And then, of course, there is a, is a large dip after that. Now, if you, if you experience this, you can either add a little bit of peanut butter into that pre-workout meal or the, the second pre-workout meal that I mentioned, which is, say, 30 to 45 minutes before your session. Or you can just forego this altogether and have a sports drink when you're warming up. So something with glucose in it, um, a hypertonic uh, sports drink is going to be beneficial here and this won't result in reactive hypoglycemia because when you're warming up exercise will actually inhibit the release of insulin and it will hopefully stop you from experiencing that bit of a crash and you can do this by just having some glucose or something sugary when you're warming up or a sports drink uh, and this will attenuate that so you also want to make sure that you're getting some electrolytes in there as well if you're having that sports drink that's obviously going to hit that end of things but you may want to add some low salt and my wadi into your water whenever you're warming up as well just to make sure that you're that you're well hydrated and if this if this is a session that's going to last longer than 90 minutes you might even want to con- consider having a second sports drink or if you had that 30 to 45 minute pre-workout meal beforehand you might want to include a sports drink for during the workout or the training session and especially if it's a competition that's particularly intense that's going to be necessary to keep your glucose availability up and this is going to be important to making sure that you have enough energy to keep the ball moving especially as i say once you go beyond that 90 minutes or or two hour mark now before i move on to talking about your post-workout meal i do want to mention that if you're trying to lose fat or maintain body weight or lose body weight for a particular competition or just for overall body composition then you want to be a little bit more conservative with your carbohydrates around your training so i know i mentioned having sports drinks and cereal and fruit right before your training and maybe during your training but if your goal is to manage your calories a bit more you have to be a little bit more tight with things then that is probably where i would pull things out of first i wouldn't be as concerned about getting your your carbs in or in during your workout and around your workout because that is going to add more energy to your diet that you might not necessarily want if your goal is to manage weight lose weight lose fat so just one more that was just one more thing to consider as well for those of you that might be trying to um, keep the weight down slash manage your weight so after your training session you can focus again on carbs and protein because you want to refill the lost muscle glycogen so muscle glycogen as i mentioned earlier is your body's store of carbohydrates that that is used for the higher intensity exercise and whenever you do a training session or competition you are going to deplete those stores so you need to think about after your training session how can i replenish those stores of muscle glycogen so i generally recommend that you go for again this is a range 0.3 to 1.5 grams per kilogram of carbs as your post-workout meal and then for protein you want to be focusing on around 0.3 to 0.5 grams per kilogram in your post-workout meal but again if you want if you want or need to be more conscious of total energy for the day total calories then 
go go to the more conservative end of things there with the carb range but i would generally keep the protein static at that 0.5 0.3 to 0.5 because you are going to need the protein for your recovery from the training and this is particularly important if you've done a resistance training session or a strength training session that is really when you when you're going to need your protein but it, it the recommendation stays the same no matter what type of training that you're doing you always should have some some form of protein after your training session so try and get this try and get this post workout meal in within the first one to two hours and if you're training twice in a day this post workout meal window becomes even narrower you really want to get this in within the first 45 minutes to an hour because if you're training twice in a day you need to give plenty of time for your body to start the recovery process and replenish your muscle glycogen stores and your liver glycogen stores for the second training session of the day and this is where i think something like the flavored milks the chocolate milks the protein milks become more beneficial and a good investment because they will replenish your muscle glycogen stores because they've got carbs there'll be a good hit of protein there and then as i said earlier also a good way of getting your hydration up because there's some electrolytes in there as well and then glucose also helps hydrate you as well so when we're talking about hydration i do want to stay here for a second just before i move on to talking about supplements because i think there is a little bit of confusion around hydration and it is difficult for me to give exact recommendations on hydration and there is a lot of misinformation around hydration but if you can maintain around 1 to 1.5 liters per 25 kilograms of body weight that's going to be a good starting point for you after that you would monitor the color of your pee so if your pee is dark you are probably dehydrated unless you have eaten something that has changed the color of your pee and that is going to be the two things that you want to consider most thirst is actually not a good indicator of how dehydrated you are or how hydrated you are you're better off monitoring your total hydration through either an objective way through a bottle that you particularly drink out of and trying to stick to that 1 to 1.5 liters per 25 kilograms of body weight but more so than that monitor the color of your pee and as i said earlier don't be just drinking water water in itself is not a good hydrator you want to make sure that you're getting something with electrolytes in it either through supplement either through low salt milk sports drinks or just something that has the electrolytes in it now you will get some water from your food as well so if you're eating plenty of vegetables and fruits and stuff like that you are going to get some water from that coffee tea that type of energy drinks they all contribute to it as well but keep an eye on your pee keep an eye on objective measures of how much water and fluid you're consuming because it is important and the electrolytes are also important as well because athletes generally don't consider their 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 amount the amount of electrolytes they're getting in through the day and especially for those of you that sweat a lot or training in hot conditions this becomes even more important so the final thing that i want to talk about today is supplements and no matter what type of client i am working with if it's just a general population an athlete somebody that wants help with a particular condition like pcos i always say to them that supplements are the least important thing and this is a blanket statement and i don't make many of them but supplements really are just the cherry on top of your cake it's always going to be more important that you get a well-structured whole foods diet 
over your supplementation. Supplementation covers your bases and there are a couple of things that we can talk about in terms of performance enhancers, but sort out your diet first, whole foods, 80-20 approach, protein, carbs, fats, appropriately calorie controlled and in, a, in, in relation to the energy demands of your sport and your body stats is going to be 100 times more important than the supplements that I'm going to talk about now. But with that being said, supplements should still be used in your diet, especially if you're an athlete because everybody else is going to be using them and they are going to have a, a good effect on some of your performance parameters and your health parameters as well, which is where we're going to start. So with general health, there are two things that I would recommend for athletes, and that is a multivitamin of some form and fish oil. So Citadel Nutrition have a good product called Athlete Vitamin. And the reason I like this is because it it's well dosed for a start off, right? So a lot of multivitamins, cheap ones that you get, they don't have the right dose. And some of the nutrients have poor bioavailability like magnesium oxide, which is not really well absorbed and used in your body. But Citadel Nutrition have this product that is well dosed. And it also has a combination of the most commonly deficient nutrients for athletes. So most athletes are deficient in vitamin D, vitamin K, calcium, magnesium, or zinc, or a combination of those. And this is why I like this product. You don't have to buy this particular one. You could get a, a version of it. But in terms of covering your bases with a multivitamin mineral, I think this is pretty good. Now, for the ladies or for those of you that don't eat a lot of red meat, you may want to include something that has iron in it. And this is because those of you that don't eat a lot of iron-rich foods um, or for the ladies as well, due to your menstrual cycle, you are at a higher risk of anemia. But again, this is just something to consider carefully because iron is a, is a funny one. You don't want to have too much of it either. So Again, if you feel like you are suffering from anemia due to fatigue and, and some of the detriments to your overall health, it may be worth getting tested for that. And the same can be said for vitamin D. I wouldn't generally go above 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 IUs of vitamin D, which is what I think athlete is in athlete vitamin. But to be super certain, I would get your vitamin D levels tested to see where you where you are at, and and calcium may also be worth looking into for for the ladies too. Um, but that's why I like that product is because it covers most of your bases. Generally, if you're eating enriched carbohydrate sources, and if you're eating your fruits and vegetables, your your water soluble vitamins like your your B vitamins and your vitamin C, you should be okay on that end of things, and. You know the other nutrients that you need as well should be covered by that 80% whole foods that we've talked about so far. Next I want to look into omega-3 fish oils because I think it's hard to get the amount of EPA and DHA which is the type of fatty acid that's inside your omega-3 fats. It's hard to get that through diet and most people don't eat enough fish in a day -to -day, on a day-to-day -day basis to get the benefits. So think about an omega-3 fish oil supplement or if you are a vegetarian vegan you may want to look at a, an algae based supplement that's another good way of getting in this in and you want to shoot for at least one gram of combined epa and dha so you can look at the back of the label of your supplement and figure this out if the com combination of the two is one gram or above then then you're sorted i'm not going to go into the benefits of this because there are so many but it, fish oils will promote overall the overall health of your cells 
and it's also shown to improve performance through things like its anti-inflammatory effects. And you can go into fish oils in more detail if you want, but it is a really good supplement and it is particularly hard to get through the diet because not, not a lot of people eat a lot of fish and that's why I recommend that. So after the general health supplements, we'll talk about the ergogenic aids or the performance enhancers. So creatine is the first big one. I have a full video on creatine, which you can check out on my YouTube channel or on my podcast. And that will go into everything that you need to know about creatine. But just I wanna touch on it here. You should be taking three to five grams per day. And this will be particularly helpful for any large bursts of energy that's required, sprints, or if you're doing some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu scrambles, or anything that requires a large power output very quickly, that's where creatine is gonna have a massive effect. It's cheap, it's very effective, you should be taking it. But if you wanna know more about it, check out my video on it as I bust all the myths around it and, and go into more detail on loading phases and stuff like that. Next thing we have caffeine. Most of you are probably already consuming caffeine, but I wanted to talk about it here. It is very effective for improving both strength and endurance performance, and it has this has been demonstrated time and time again. So it's excellent supplement for people involved in these mixed sports. So I would advise that you consume between three and six milligrams per kilogram about 60 to 75 minutes before your workout, maybe a little bit less if it's on an empty stomach because it'll get into your system quicker. Now, if you are not consuming caffeine habitually, you're not a coffee drinker, you don't drink um, drinks like this or energy drinks, then I would be a lot more conservative with your caffeine consumption because you don't want to get the sort of anxious, jittery sensation that you might get from caffeine if you are very sensitive and or have a low tolerance to it. So consider that as well and avoid taking it six to seven hours before you're going to bed because it can disrupt your sleep as one of the most, as one of the main components of caffeine is its ability to reduce tiredness and fatigue. So that's good for a training session, not so good before going to sleep. Now, if you do get the jitters and that sort of like anxious, sort of wired feeling from caffeine, you can add in some L-theanine and that will attenuate that to a certain degree and it'll sort of relax you a little bit. So if you're having 200 milligrams of caffeine, then you would have 400 milligrams of L-theanine and that can, for some people, help relax you a little bit and still get the performance benefits of caffeine, but without all the madness that, that, that sometimes occurs with it. So the next one is beta alanine, and this essentially acts as an acid buffer inside your muscle cells. So whenever you're doing work that creates that burning sensation in your muscles, this is gonna be really good for that, and it's gonna help you buffer that acid out of your muscles so that you can perform a little bit better on that end of things. So your dose will be 40 milligrams per kilograms every day, and you can load this like creatine, so you can double the dose and go for 80 milligrams per kilogram for about two to six weeks, I think, is a good time frame to do this loading phase, and then you would go back to the 40 milligrams per kilogram every day. One thing to consider with beta-alanine is a lot of people experience paresthesia, which is that sort of tingling sensation that you get in your skin. Some people find this very uncomfortable, and this is why I recommend that you split your doses up into two to four servings every day, if possible. Now, I know that's a bit of, an, it's a, bit of a pain in the ass to do that, I know, but even two, splitting up your, your dose into two servings per day can stop you from getting that sensation of tingliness. But then there's some people that like that sensation, so 
that is you have at it next thing then we have protein powder but i generally consider this more to be it's more like food for me than it is a supplement but i think most people that care about sporting performance and body composition should have a protein powder in their house either a whey or some sort of vegan protein if you are a vegetarian and it's just so handy to have for convenience helping you boost your protein macro up for the day and also using in recipes like protes and protein pancakes and smoothies and ice creams and stuff like that so you should you should have a protein powder in some capacity um and then finally as i mentioned earlier you will want to grab some sort of an electrolyte supplement just to have it in your gym bag so that you can maintain your hydration throughout the day um or some sort of sports drink as well is going to be helpful there too so that is basically it guys hopefully you've now got a better idea of what you need to be doing with your nutrition but obviously i can't go into specifics but i can give you ranges of things i can give you numbers to go off and crunch and things to try out and things to explore and play around with but if you do need more specific help or if you want me to help you nail down some variables or help you with a fat loss phase or a muscle building phase or your general nutrition around a particular training cycle then all you have to do is shoot me a message on instagram at dean.macaloon or you can send me an email which is dean at dmanutrition.ie and I'll be able to help you out more there. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in as always. And as I say, if you want to know more about where I'm at, what I'm doing and, and where I'm at, you can check me out on Instagram, follow the podcast, subscribe, like, all that stuff, depending on where you are. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you taking the time to check out my content. And as always, guys, I will catch you in the next one. Peace.